This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are starting a two-part discussion around productivity culture. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that I voted today, and I did it with my upstairs neighbor, who I'm low-key obsessed with. She's probably in her 70s, and she recently moved out to live alone, and she has honestly like more friends over than I do. I usually early vote, but we were traveling, and I'm really glad that we were because I got to enjoy voting with her instead. My thorn is that today's just one of those days where I am struggling to get things done. Like my brain is just telling me absolutely not instead of cooperating, which is ironic considering today's topic, which we'll get into in a moment. And my bud is today is my workout day and I am dying to get a good sweat in. I want to get so sweaty that I feel too gross to run into the grocery store kind of sweaty. Like I just want to feel exhausted physically and I cannot wait. All right, let's talk about productivity culture. So a few days, episodes ago, I was talking about rest and how I am in a constant relationship with learning how to rest and allowing that for myself. Now, in it, I talked about how rest and feeding ourselves are things that aren't rewarded by our society, so much so that it can feel antisocial to nurture ourselves. And additionally, I've been writing a lot for work and doing interviews, which have me sharing my story of how I found the Enneagram. And it brings me back to the work that I was doing even just a year ago. When I found the Enneagram, I used to coach. Specifically, I was working with entrepreneurs to recover and prevent burnout. Now, from there, I created an online program called The Brave Collective, where we focused on burnout and integrating rest and nourishment into our day-to-day lives. So it's not shocking that that was the work that I did for so long based on how much I stay in relationship to rest and understanding rest and permission to rest as a practice. But it has continued to be something I work with because the messages we receive about rest from our society are so prevalent. They're everywhere and the reason is because our society is built on the idea that we are reliant on workers. So if people get quote unquote lazy, capitalism collapses. It's my suspicion that this has worked back in the day because housing prices and income were proportional. Did you know that the median cost of housing today is $375,000? Now, if we were being paid the same ratio to housing cost as they were paid in the 70s, the median cost of housing today would be $184,000. So yeah, in the 70s, 
I can see why so many people weren't trying to make dramatic changes because society was working for them. Well, for white men specifically, let's be honest. But here we are now with the houses outside of most people's price range that are being sold in a matter of days with cash buyers swooping in and paying well above asking. Like, it's unreal. So, of course, resting is scary because we're seeing everywhere that we have to keep going. There isn't enough to go around and the rich will eat us alive if we aren't careful. Like, that's how it feels. I'm not trying to be doomsday-ish, but I'm just trying to express the very real pressure that many of us are carrying around on a daily basis. Now, whether we agree on the cause of that pressure, I think we can all agree that the pressure is there. Now, add in a global pandemic, diet culture telling us that we aren't okay to like ourselves as we are and we should always be watching what we eat, the way we put all of our responsibility of saving the planet on individuals rather than on the corporations that are producing far and away more waste than individuals alone, but some of us still have crippling anxiety that we are going to put the wrong kind of plastic in the recycling bin, interpersonal relationships, learning how to be social again after socially isolating for years, tensions around how we are supposed to respond to mask wearing without clear and trustworthy guidance, fear of people not getting vaccinated, some of you experience fear of getting vaccinated yourselves, feeling as though we have to make these decisions on our own and somehow they've been politicized, trying to stay socially and politically aware while also managing our mental health, being afraid of aging, being afraid of the police, fear of losing control over our own bodies, and now self-care and mental health have been commodified to the point of becoming another thing on our to-do list that we can fail at rather than systems and tools we have in place in order to nourish our mind, body, and souls. Now... (laughs) When we lay it all out there, it's really easy to see why we're tired. And that's not even all of it, is it? Many of us are experiencing grief on a personal and global level. We're managing complex family dynamics and patriarchal systems that make it difficult for women to even have a day that feels like their own. Do you know how many women I've talked to who cried in my face because I told them to ask for one hour a week that could be their own? One hour. One hour a week. Not a day. A week. Like, that's nothing, but it feels impossible because of the structures we have laid in place. I don't say all of this to bum you out, I swear, but I do say this as my way of empathizing with the fact that we are asking more and more of ourselves, and this sense that we should always be doing, we get it honestly. It comes from everywhere. The job market, the housing market, the supermarket, social media, commercials, department stores, it is everywhere. You are not safe to rest. Every moment that you are resting is a moment of progress lost. Whether that progress is financial, physical, emotional, or relational, the underlying message of of this is a slippery slope is very real and extremely depressing. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. 
And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. So, of course we're tired, and of course we're afraid of the potential consequences of rest, but we deserve rest anyway. So how do we reconcile the messaging with the very real need and safety in rest? And then I think we get a little rebellious. Now, depending on your Enneagram type, this will be more enticing for some of you than others. I personally love a little rebel moment, especially if no one gets hurt. So start questioning why we have these expectations in the first place and give yourself a season of playing rebel. Shoot a big middle finger up to the forces telling you that you aren't doing enough and say, I'll show you not doing enough and sit your butt down. Here are three small ways that I'm playing with this rebellious energy in my own life. First, checking in with my body regularly throughout the day. This is something that I came to with my therapist as I talked about reading your body keeps the score and how disconnected I still feel from my body. I know I talked about it on the podcast before about how I often ignore my body's signals on purpose in order to be more productive. Instead, now I've been trying to check in more and giving my body exactly what she wants, which for about a week and a half was a lot of naps. I've never really been a napper, but when I started listening to my body, I started napping more, which was honestly terrifying for me. I had so many weird internal messages about the kind of people who took naps and what that meant, but I just kept letting it happen and trusting the process. And after a while of needing naps, I'm back into my normal routine without as much rest needed. But man, my body was tired there for a minute and that's okay. In fact, that's not really a choice that we're making. Second, scheduling unplugged time. Now, because the messages of unrest and productivity and self-fixing are so prevalent everywhere that we look, I've started scheduling in one, sometimes two days a week to be unplugged from almost everything. Now, here's what I've been doing. You will likely have your own needs and boundaries that are different from mine, but these are mine. I turn my phone off Saturday night, sometimes Friday night, and I don't turn it back on until Monday morning. Now, I do have an iPad that I can get iMessages from, which makes me available to almost everyone who would need to text me, but doesn't make me available at the moment, in the moment, when they send the message. I really love YouTube or watching movies on the weekends, so I don't restrict myself from those, but I do try to keep them to the minimum, not because I think it's bad, not because um, I think there's something wrong with doing those things, just because I feel better when I do. I experience more joy, and so I may watch a movie on the morning and then put my iPad away for a few hours. Having this time to only be able to listen to music or to be in silence is so unheard of in our day-to-day lives that it is life-giving to me. So life-giving that I'm tempted to not even turn my phone back on Monday morning, even though I know that I have to. (laughs) It is delicious and I want it for everyone. And number three, I'm training my social media feed to give me the right content because messaging is so important and social media algorithms are smart. 
We need to train our algorithms to give us what we want. So take a few moments each week or each day to unfollow accounts that exhaust you and to like, share, and subscribe to accounts that make you feel enriched. You are feeding your mind every time you open your phone. So it's important to ask what you're feeding it and how it impacts you. And I don't mean this in like a legalistic, be the best version of yourself kind of way. More so, I mean, how does this make you feel? And do you want to feel that way? Does it encourage rest or is it encouraging toxic thoughts about how much you should be doing? Because you are allowed to just be. You are safe to just be. Now, I know this is easier said than done, so we're going to keep the conversation going this Thursday as we dive into burnout by Enneagram type. As always, it is an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.